Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your trusted resource for the latest strategies, tactics, and tips on running a high-performance sales development program. Sales development has grown to become a critical part of the success of high-growth companies, and we dive in each week on how to specifically make your program successful and accelerate your career advancement. Subscribe at iTunes, YouTube, and jump on the newsletter over at 10pound.com to make sure you never miss an episode. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of the Sales Development Podcast. We, we rarely have returned guests, and I'm very, very excited about our guest today. This is someone who's been kind of a hero of mine, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be too much of a fanboy, but John Miller, founder and CEO of Engageo, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's interesting times we're living in. You know, there's definitely some stuff on my mind about the world, but I'm doing well for all things being equal. Exactly. I know. I get very caught up in everything. And then I realize, okay, I still need to feed my family, like focus in on working and it's getting harder. But this will be a great conversation because this is something that our audience is very interested in. People are, have been trying to figure this out for the last couple of years. You know, in starting Engageo and diving into this topic over the last few years, I would love to pick your brain on account-based marketing, account-based sales development, and, and how to take that as a concept and really put it into practice at organizations. So from a sales d- development perspective, which is you know, the primary audience here, if someone's getting into account-based marketing, they've been studying it, they realize the value, where should they start when they're thinking about account-based marketing and how to implement it potentially at their organization? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, obviously we can wrap, before we get into the specific question, I think we can get ourselves wrapped around the axon language here, right? <laughs> if we're, yeah. we're talking to sales development people about account-based marketing, it's all a little weird. You know, I, I think a lot of people just seem to fall into a best practice of just calling it just account-based. You know, having an account-based strategy and account-based approach, you know, and that, that's like a bigger umbrella that just seems to work for, for everybody here. So I'll, I'll take your question as more, you know, for a sales development audience, what should you be thinking about if you just want to get started with being account-based? Is that, is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's, I think, I mean, it really starts with just, you know, kind of why has this become a trend in the first place? You know, and I think there's just a couple of underlying factors that we, we have to keep in mind. You know, I mean, obviously, I think everybody in your audience probably, you know, has read and heard other people talk about the value of specialization in sales development. And a little bit more specifically, kind of the best practice around separating inbound lead response from outbound kind of prospecting. You know, so I think that's a trend. You've got this other trend of just, you know, people realizing that if you are going to spend the time and energy to go outbound, it certainly makes sense to do it for the larger and more valuable accounts. You know, just the ROI isn't there, you know, as much otherwise, you know. And so you got, you know, people specializing in going outbound, focusing on bigger accounts, you know, bigger accounts by definition, you know, you need to be thinking about more of a account-based approach where you're, it's not single-threaded to a single person. You know, put another way, any one person can say no. And if that's all you're talking to, the deal is dead in the water. But if you're talking to across a buying team, you've got much more likelihood of getting a bite 
and sort of using that to kind of crack open the door. You know, so there's obviously a lot of reasons why people are, are thinking about going, going account-based. And then I think the third trend that I want to you know, highlight here is just there is this kind of changing dynamic going on between marketing and sales development teams, you know, driven by all of this. But, you know, in, in the old days, the model was marketing would generate a lead and, you know, do a baton handoff and pass it to sales development. You know, and marketing was the only ones who kind of had access to email, you know, at scale because they had the keys to the marketing automation system. Obviously, there's tools like Outreach and SalesLoft today that are giving power to sales development reps to send their own emails to hundreds or thousands of people. You know, and, and so what you see is you've got, you know, sales development doing more of the communication to early stage prospects than ever before. And that, and that deeply changes the relationship between how marketing and, and sales development teams, you know, kind of work and, and, and work together. It does. So, you know, you've got these like, big things. I mean, I didn't, I haven't directly answered your question yet, but like, you've got just all these like things swirling around, you know, that are like driving some of these things. So with that context, okay, so w- w- where really do you need to think about, you know, starting, you know, what are, what are the kind of the main things to keep in mind? I think number one is, and this is pretty obvious, but you know, you got to pick the right accounts. You know, you're spending all this time and energy and putting wood behind the arrow. And if it's the end of the day, if it's accounts that, that aren't worth it or the sales team isn't excited to take meetings with, you know, it's just going to be a waste of time and effort. So in a minute, let's come back and talk a little bit more about, you know, how do you pick the right accounts? Second consideration, I think, to keep in mind, you know, we already talked about how you're going after multiple people and multiple personas in those accounts. You know, but I think the second consideration to keep in mind is as you go across all those people, you know, it's even more important to be personalized and relevant and account-based because these are big, you know, senior people at big, valuable accounts. And, you know, the cost of somebody hitting the spam or opt-out button at your largest, most valuable accounts is more painful than if it's, you know, oh, it doesn't matter because there's you know, thousands more of these little fish in the sea. So you got to be more personalized, more relevant, which means obviously being more, more focused so that you can bring kind of the extra level of personalization. And then the last consideration for out there before we, we maybe move on is, you know, being multi-channel is important in any kind of sales development, even more important in account-based. You know, whether it's just your typical email, phone, social, or starting to bring other channels like direct mail, video, you know, these, these all are different ways to kind of stand out from the noise in the crowd, which may not be worth it if you have to, you know, get 75 meetings from any company, but is totally worth it when, you know, it's going, you're going after deals that could be worth half a million dollars or more. So anyway, just let's riff on that. But that'd be sort of kind of where I'd start with your question. Got it. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to dive in on is if you're considering this, it has to be a certain size of account that you're going after. And when you think about account-based, you're thinking mainly outbound. Are those two assumptions correct? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Well, so there's a nuance. You can do some inbound pieces to it, but I think the core here is outbound. 
maybe come back to the inbound version in a bit. Got it. Okay. And so where I see people kind of, at least in the sales development world, get the kind of deer in the headlights is the first part, number one, picking the right accounts. So they go in and there may have been a database, a Salesforce database that's been there for several years. And there's been all these different people coming and going, throwing stuff into this database. And then over here, you've got the sales reps who have their list of accounts that they think is important and they, they in their territory. And so just, I know that it's very specialized, but in a general sense, how do you not get that overwhelming deer in the headlights of, oh my God, there's all these accounts and these different factors. How do I sort these out in a way that supports account-based outbound? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it starts from the thing I said kind of earlier, which is, you know, this is a strategy of focus. This is a strategy of, of really being thoughtful about which accounts so that way you can be, you know, do a better job, you know, at that smaller number of accounts. So I think it starts, you know, just like literally how many should you have, you know, and, you know, the answer to how many you should have is going to depend a lot based on the kind of average deal value. So, you know, to maybe oversimplify that, you know, let's just break it down to some buckets, right? So let's say you've got kind of strategic accounts that, you know, are worth seven figures a year. You know, so million, multi-million dollar accounts. You know, obviously for those kinds of accounts, you're going to want every touch to be completely bespoke, right? And completely personalized because it's worth it, you know, kind of at that level of value. But if you're really going to be completely bespoke, how many can you really have? 10, <laughs> you know, probably, you know, five, you know, per, per SDR, not that many. If you move down the tier... You know, you have maybe your scale accounts. Let's call those your six-figure accounts. So a couple hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars a year. You know, here you're probably going to want to still be pretty personalized, but your messaging can maybe be segment-based, right? So you create, you know, maybe micro clusters of 10 to 15 accounts that are all going to have very similar business problems and, you know, use a templated but then still personalized email, but that really speaks to that micro cluster. So you're going to probably be able to count those accounts in the dozens across the team. So again, it might not be more than 10 or 15 per SDR. Then I think below that, you're going to have your, let's say, high five-figure accounts, 60, 70, $80,000 a year you know, value accounts. You know, this is probably where I think most SDRs or many SDRs play in the account-based world. And, and this is your maybe more typical, take your cadence or your sequence template and do some light customization, maybe to the first and last paragraph, you know, the intro email, you know, type of thing. Obviously that's a lot more scalable and you can have accounts in the hundreds, you know, and then below that, we're probably getting out of the realm of being truly account-based, you know, 25, 30 K deals, you know, it's at that point, you know, maybe a more traditional model makes more sense. So once you sort of know how many accounts you have, you can have, you have to then go through a process of, of, of picking them. And my advice is you always, always, always let the sales rep pick the accounts. You know, because they, at the end of the day, should be the quarterback for getting into these deals. And the SDR is, you know, the wide receiver, or, you know, I don't know, you pick, you pick your analogy that you want. 
key player on the team, but, but the quarterback should be calling the shots, calling the plays. So the AE should be picking it. And then the question is, you know, how can you help the AE do that in a thoughtful process? And what I see a lot of companies do is, you know, kind of have, you know, marketing guides the process with information, you know, hey, here's a score for the account based on how well it fits our ICP. Here's the current level of engagement for the account. Here's, you know, relationships and contacts that we already have. And you can kind of bring that all together and present it to the AE and say, okay, here's your territory scored, you know, and now you pick the, you know, the 10 or the 20 or the 100 or whatever the number is that are going to be your target accounts. And then that's the list and you align on it and you don't change it very much. This is not a call down list, right? It's not a, you go through, you kick off your, your 20 step sequence to each one, you get to the end, you move on, right? These are ones you've picked strategically and you're going to be methodical and thoughtful about hitting all the personas, trying different entries, different parts of the account, because you've agreed that these are the ones that are really worth it maybe refresh the list once a year or something like that. So does that kind of answer the question but a little bit? Yeah, exactly. On picking accounts? Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to ask. So you say once a year. I mean, this is you're going outbound. So you're being very strategic about the accounts that you're picking. And then you're methodically going through them. It's not like a churn and burn system. It's once a year is when you, again, sit down. It's not even quarterly, which I was assuming. You, yeah, the, the way I actually like doing it, honestly, is you know you let the sales rep modify up to 25% of the list each quarter. And so on average, it means that the list will turn over once a year. But, but obviously, there's some accounts that are never going to come off. You know, but other ones, oh, hey, they got acquired. You know, they just bought my competitor. You know, there's some reasons why you might take it off and update it with another one. But, but keeping the, the list turnover to no more than a quarter per quarter seems to be a pretty good rule of thumb. Okay. And then is there sort of a systematic process that someone is in charge of the list across the sales team? Or is it sort of a distributed responsibility per sales rep? To, like, I guess, who's in charge of this? <laughs> good question. I mean, the best practice, what I've seen, is it's usually as I said, kind of marketing-driven sales-owned. So a, a marketing operations person or, or maybe a sales operations person kind of runs the overall process. You know, that works, you know, so I guess to your audience, you know, you know that would be my recommended approach for the company is that, you know, this is something that marketing operations or sales operations owns. You know, if that's just not happening in your organization and you're a sales development leader, I don't think there's any reason why you can't promote a strategy like this, but you are going to need to, you know, I think still rally some support and alignment from other, other players in the company. Got it. And then where does the sales leadership fit in? So the like VP of sales or the CRO, are they just overseeing the whole process to make sure that it's happening? Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly as I just alluded to, they, they've got to buy in, <laughs> you yeah. know, I think that ideally, if there actually is some kind of scoring methodology in place, they should understand and buy into how accounts are being scored. And then lastly, I think it is a good practice for them to approve their reps lists once the reps have selected it. 
know, and that way they can ask the questions like, huh, this account scored really high. Why didn't you include it? You know, and, and either agree or not agree with kind of how their app was thinking. So, you know, that's a, just a good check and balance and, and way to ensure that your sales management is bought into the list as well as the individual reps. Got it. And I know that your symbol is a whale. So we're talking about whale hunting here, right? So quick question, org chart, if, and, and this is, you can just, if you could burn down the org chart, the way that it's structured right now at most companies, because it's very dogmatic, you know, it's, it's like the org chart is the same org chart that it's been for 10 or 20 years. And if you could burn it down and create an org chart that supports account-based go-to-market, would you leave the one that we have today or would you just create a whole new thing? Well, you know, so a couple thoughts. You know, I am not religious about whether sales development should roll up to marketing or to sales. I've seen it work really, really well in both scenarios. You know, to me, you know, the argument for it being in marketing is, you know, at the end of the month or quarter, marketing and sales development are both incented to create pipeline, whereas sales is incented to close pipeline, you know? And so having it in marketing is just more an alignment of incentives. Whereas the argument for having it in sales is, you know, most SDRs ultimately want to, you know, be promoted into sales roles. So it kind of makes sense for sales to be hiring and you know, managing the people side of things, hiring, promotion, training, you know, all that kind of stuff. So ultimately, there's good arguments for it from an HR perspective to roll into both departments. But ultimately, what, you know, what was really going on here is you've got to be super duper aligned. You know, the head of sales development should be attending the marketing team meeting and the sales team meeting no matter what, right? Because you are kind of really kind of sitting between the two. So that's the first thing I'll say. Within the sales development function, as I said at the very top of of the podcast, I, like many people, really believe in specialization in the role. So the more you can specialize your sales development team, the better. Inbound versus outbound, enterprise versus SMB, perhaps even by vertical. Specialization is a good thing and it gives you promotion paths. Lastly, what I'll say on org chart is I am a fan of the sort of emerging revenue operations discipline. You know, historically, we've had marketing operations, sales operations, in some cases, customer success operations. And you're always going to have specialization in each of those three disciplines. But, you know, I mean, if you're a very small organization, you're just not going to be able to really afford managers and extra hierarchy and things like that. But any medium or large organization, I think, is in a great position to centralize all those operations functions under a single leader, sales, marketing, CX operations, you know, and really make that into a world-class kind of service bureau that supports, you know, all the revenue-focused departments. Got it. Okay. So what I'm hearing then is that you're fine with the current way that things are structured. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just like create a whole new org chart to support account-based account, the account-based approach. It's really just kind of tweaking and morphing the way that it's set up today. Yeah. And mostly when I hear org chart, what I'm talking about is kind of HR reporting structures. Now that's sort of independent, let's say of project teams, you know, so just as an analogy in the engineering world, Right. You have, you know, engineering managers who are HR people managers, but for any given set of features you might be building, 
you might dynamically assemble, assemble a team that pulls in product managers, UX designers, and engineers who work for different managers you know, into kind of a semi-autonomous team to go build a feature. I think you can have a similar analogy for being account-based, right? So you've got the org chart and where the people report, but then what you can do is you can kind of create a pod that has an AE, an SDR, and an account-based marketer. And obviously the account-based marketer will live in many pods. And that pod is essentially a team that's figuring out how to go after a group of accounts. And, you know, just like in engineering, there's a best practice of doing stand-ups, you know, where that team gets together every day and they talk about what did they get done yesterday and what do they need to get done today and what blockers, bottlenecks, barriers are in their way. Similarly, there's a great best practice to do what we call ABM stand-ups, maybe not every day, but get that AE, SDR, and account-based marketer together, virtually or in person, to talk about the accounts, what's going on, and what are we going to do as a team to meet our goals of penetrating or expanding that account. So maybe that's a little modification to your org, stru- org chart structures. I think you can you, you create these semi-autonomous pods that live kind of you know a, around the org chart, but not in it. That is so interesting. Okay, and and I mean we're talking cross-functional teams that come together from an account perspective. It's all about the account versus where you sit, you know, on that HR org chart. It's and creating a pod, a project team, a scrum, you know, stand-ups and things like that. That is that is really interesting. And from a high a high ticket sale, it makes perfect sense to throw that much at it. If you're talking multi-million dollar deals at the very highest level. Yeah. Right. And I'm not really talking about necessarily a, a scrub team just for one account. Although you're right. If it's multi-billion, it certainly would be. I'm more saying, you know, just like for the, you know, this, a given sales rep might have a hundred target accounts, right? So you create the pod for how are we going to penetrate those hundred accounts? You know, and it's really around an individual rep and his or her accounts. Got it. Okay. Inbound leads, you know, they're the net, you know, throwing the net, right? <laughs> and you, you, you get all this bycatch, you know, coming in that you have to sort through. Where does the inbound model that you, you know, were a champion of and probably still are, you know, in, in your past life, where does that fit into what you're doing now? Well, as I said, you've got two pieces to inbound, right? I mean, there's always some chance that a big whale will come inbound to you and you need to be ready to kind of, you know, <laughs> see that. Love those, right? <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, honestly, I think the traditional inbound model is a little broken to capture those. There are situations where you might have a dozen or two dozen people from a big whale account, all hitting your site, all interacting with your content, you know, down, you know, maybe even talking to each other about your technology or your solution. And yet none of them might hit your MQL threshold of somebody who you need to call out to. And if you don't have the ability to look across the account, you know, you're going to really miss out on the fact that there may actually be activity there that you don't know about. A related challenge you get into is you might have directors and VPs who like have pinged your website once or twice and they, they're obviously aware of you because their teams are talking to them about you. But the person who actually hits your MQL rules is much more junior in the organization. And in a typical M- inbound process, 
you know, you're going to call whoever hits the MQL, you know, even if they're really, really junior. So we actually sort of recommend companies, even with an inbound model, evolve to what we call the MQA or the marketing qualified account. And this really kind of aggregates the engagement across multiple personas in the account. So you can get a more comprehensive view of what's going on. You know, and that solves the two problems we just talked about. You know, one, you know, lots of stuff going on, but nobody triggering the, the rule, as well as, you know, a junior person triggering the MQL rule. Got so it. MQAs. And in the, for example, in the Scrum team, the ABM, the account-based marketer can bring those, those insights and let you know, and then that you can probably pull reports, right, from Engageo or other places to say, one of your accounts has activity. We don't know who it is, but there is some activity here. Or we do know who it is, you know, but what we're, you know, look, it's, it's these 12 different people, right? So, you know, there's something clearly happening across people. Yeah. So it's both. It's intent or anonymous activity or it's, you know, known, but, but disparate activity. Got it. Okay. And then if something comes in that, you know, I'm sure that there's all these edge cases, but it's, it's, a, it's a good account that you would be interested in, but it's not in the account list, you know, the sanctioned account list. What happens to it at that time if, if they come in now? I mean, again, that depends on how you're structured there, right? You know, so, you know, back to specialization, you know, uh, I assume you've got an inbound team also, you know, who's following up on MQLs or whatever. So, you know, I would probably have the MQLs or, you know, the inbound team respond to, that, to those. You know, again, some people are all bound you know, et cetera, et cetera. So specialization and having someone who's, you know, hundred percent inbound dealing yeah. with those. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about specialization on your show before, which I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but you know, I mean, I've generally seen if you let the same SDR do inbound and outbound, it's just natural, you know, that they'll spend time on inbound and you know, that they won't go that extra mile that's sometimes necessary for outbound. hundred percent. I am a huge advocate of that as well. A question for you on the inbound side, there's the product-led marketing movement has gained a lot of steam. I mean, it's always been freemium and you know now it's called product-led marketing and stuff like that. Where does that fit in, in looking at things account-based? If you've got people coming in, are they basically an inbound lead if they sign up for a free trial and you start to gain all this information about people? I mean, probably... You know, I think that the, you know, product qualified lead inbound freemium, I mean, that certainly to me is that's fishing with a net, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're throwing out there and whoever happens to sign up for your trial, you know, may or may, or whoever happens to engage with your product, you know, you know, may or may not be a good potential customer, which is in many ways the opposite of fishing with the spear of, you know, go, go find those big whales and let's go proactively after them. And as I said, there's obviously the possibility that your big whale happens to sign up for a free trial. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, my hunch is that the person who signed up for your free trial may not be the decision maker. And so how do you start to really aggregate all that engagement and use that as a way to kind of move up in the organization? And that's sort of classic enterprise sales and freemium models, right? You get 20 or 30 people from the same company all using your freemium. Now it's time to go talk on this, knock on the CIO's door. So same idea, aggregate all that individual engagement up to up to the count, and then you know what to do. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting because I'm just remembering a client 
that we worked with that they had a freemium model and they knew that like a hundred people at this whale account had signed up and were very active and using it. And they had all this information and where they were struggling was, well, now what do we do? You know, and it sounds like we go back to the scrum team and the, the list and we, now we have all this great information about this account. How do we translate that into an outreach program, an outbound program that, that will land a big meeting with some of the decision makers, right? Yeah, that's right. Got it. Okay. Well, John, this is so interesting. And, and I, you know, I definitely want to people to be able to dive into how Engageo enables some of this stuff and how you guys do it at your company. And so if folks haven't connected with you or they haven't done a demo, how would they, what's the best way to facilitate that and get in touch with you? Yeah. I mean, just, you can go to our website. There's a four minute demo you can watch just by clicking a button. And if you want to fill out a form, you can go see a 30 minute demo. There's a contact us form there. So that's the best way to learn more about Engageo. And I'll also give a shout out, you know, on our site, or you can just search for, you know, the clear and complete guide to account-based sales development. You know, that's my, my book that kind of goes into, you know, all these topics, 141 pages. So definitely a lot of material for you there. And then if you want to reach me directly, I'm on Twitter at John Miller and happy to chat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I can put in another shout. I, I got that book printed at, at Kinko's and I've got it on my desk right here. It is like publishing quality. It's a lot better than some of the books that are out there. So amazing piece of content. And if anybody has not downloaded that, if you're at all interested in this topic, it is, it's a great resource. So thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate it. All right, John. Well, thanks again for coming on the Sales Development Podcast. Let's do it again soon. Always fun to be here and take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.